Hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the Jasmine Star Show. My name is Addison, Jasmine's podcast editor, and today I'm behind the mic for a change. In this sales-focused coaching session with social curator users, Jasmine answers questions about how many months of showing up consistently on social media it takes to get clients, how to let go of the guilt of selling a product for people in serious need, and more. If you want tactical tips for getting more sales from social media, you're going to love this episode. So without further ado, let's listen in. Hi, my name is Crystal James, and I am a digital marketing strategist, and I help business owners and salespersons create high conversions by filling their sales funnels with qualified leads who convert. Beautiful. You fill funnels with qualified leads. I got you. Okay. How can I be a service? Right. So my question is, on average, with constantly showing up on social media, how many months before I can expect getting clients? I mean, Crystal, if I could have an answer to that question, I would probably be able to retire next week. The the fact of the matter is, is that we could talk about facts. The facts are that your efforts are directly proportional to your results. Same way if you and I wanted to run a marathon and you ran one mile one day, and then two miles the next day, and then three miles the next day. You're putting in the work. You're building up that resistance. And I decide not to run at all and then wake up on Saturday. I'm like, I'm going to run 10 miles today. Like, it doesn't really work. We must train to get results. We must practice to perfect. So when it talks about how long must I work to get results, I then have to say, well, how often are you showing up? What type of content are you creating? Are people engaging? Are you just talking about your business or are you leading with the benefits of your business? Then I have to talk, what market are you in? Are you in the newbie market, the intermediate market, the advanced market? Are you working with enterprise? Are you working with entrepreneurs who have an ad spend of $500 a month, $5,000 a month? $50,000 a month, all of those factors come into play at how long it would take for you to land a client. The more expensive your services, aka the higher money, the amount of money that they're spending on ads, the longer it will take for them to hire you. Because a higher ticket item is a long, traditionally a longer runway for a sale conversion. So having said all of that, what's coming up for you? Well, um, what's coming up for me is that it's important to be consistent and uh, in terms of creating an offer and knowing who my ideal client is, then I would need to, to tailor my content to that and understand that there is a customer journey. And so if my client is a, if my offer is a high ticket offer, then I would need to treat my clients or walk through the customer journey differently with that client as opposed to a client who is low ticket. Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. But here's the thing, Crystal, is like if you, you know, you want to work with a client who wants to fill their funnel with qualified leads and Crystal, let's say I wanted to hire you and I come to you and I say, Crystal, how long is it going to take for me to get my funnel another hundred thousand people? And of those hundred thousand people, how many will I convert and how long will it take? What would you say to me? Yes. So I would say that it would be difficult for me to be able to gauge that because Mm -hmm. everybody is different Mm -hmm. and there is no guarantee. I Mm -hmm. could put, we could put things in place Mm 
Mm-hmm. But then we don't control every outcome. Mm-hmm. And so we would have to wait to see what happens. So do the best that we can. Create a strategy that we know works. We put different plans in place. We create um, a plan for objections and all the different things that mm-hmm. may pop up. But there is no guarantee. Mm-hmm. So congratulations. You just coached yourself. Wow, I'm not even needed here. This is amazing. This is a perfect conversation for us to actually iterate that you yourself must sell yourself. You must at every point where you get frustrated, oh, that's a piece of content. I know you feel like creating a strategy without an endpoint in mind can be frustrating, but the goal is to get out and iterate and pivot based on what we've learned. You're basically teaching and talking to yourself because ideally it sounds like you're the kind of person that you would ultimately want to work with. If then that's the case, you just asked me a question you know the answer to. Perfect. Now you just have to create content that speaks to yourself. You need to inspire yourself and you need to educate yourself and you need to share. And that my friend, that is going in how quickly you do that, how consistently you do that. How with humility you do that, because if you are trying to get clients on the back of building out content and trust and authority on social media, but nobody is engaging with your account, the humility you must have to go and make a list of a hundred people you want to work with. And guess what? Chances are you're not going to work with any of those 100, but you want to know what you might work with the people who follow them. And you're going to make a list of a hundred people you want to work with. And then every day you're going to look at who am I going to go engage with today? You're going to go and like five of their posts. You're going to leave comments. And then you're going to leave comments to people who are leaving comments on their accounts. That's it. Having conversations. You're not selling yourself. You're not promoting yourself. You're just creating a conversation so that when, oh, I happen to leave a comment on one of your dream clients. Uh, let's say you want to work. Ideally, dream would be to work with Amy Porterfield. Great. So you start working with Amy Porterfield and I leave a comment on Amy Porterfield's account. And then you leave a comment on my comment saying, oh, this is so funny, or oh, I agree, or yes, I've been there too. And I'm like, huh, who is this Crystal James? I click on your account and I'm like, oh, this person will fill my funnel with qualified leads. Let me follow. Let me watch. Let me taste and see what I get. Then your content has to make me feel something, teach me something, empower me and or entertain me. And then once I've done that, you then will present an offer and it could come three weeks later, three months later, come good three years later. And that's when you already know you don't have to sell me anymore. You've primed me by showing and demonstrating what I want you to do for me. That's the game. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds very effective. (laughs) No, it It really does. It It does sound good. Oh, it does sound good. It sounds great. But the question is, Crystal, are you going to do it? That's different. I like that. Um, I, I can do that. I will do that. I think that it is easier to do that for me than to show up on camera and to say hi i'm crystal Mm -hmm. here's what you need to know you know Mm -hmm. it's as i'm as an introvert it's kind of a back door Mm -hmm. into speaking to people and engaging and things like that Mm -hmm. so i i would be very open and excited to do that well i love that because it's an introvert giving another introvert advice I think, I think social media has been a great gift. Oh yeah, girl. I know. So what people don't realize when you record the podcast, it's also video and like your eyebrows became like a unibrow, like the scrunch in between was like, wait, what? Christy, our podcast producer can attest. She can testify that on a scale of one to 10, 10 being ultra introvert, I'm about a 17. I'm outgoing, but I want to be by myself 
work by myself. I like to be in public situations, but just watch people. If I have to be at a conference, I have to sit in a hotel room and just get mentally prepared to deal with the amount of people that I'm going to have to engage with because I know it's a gift and is an honor and it is a privilege, but it does not give me energy. I go to one event. I need, I have a hangover for two days later. I have a social hangover. Like I I talked to too many people, (laughs) so I need to be quiet. But here's the thing. When you first created your first funnel, it was uncomfortable. When you first wrote your first piece of digital marketing copy, it was uncomfortable. When you first put out your website, it was uncomfortable. When you first learned to ride a bike, it was uncomfortable. The first time you ever moved to a new city, that was uncomfortable. The first time you went on a date, that was uncomfortable. The first time you had to brush and flush your teeth, that was uncomfortable. Doing things for the first time is always uncomfortable. Whoever lied to us and said a story that doing something again and again is going to be easy. No, it will always be uncomfortable. At the point and time of this recording, this conversation is still uncomfortable for me. It's not as uncomfortable as it was a year ago. It's not as uncomfortable as it was two years ago, but it's still uncomfortable. Our goal is to get more and more comfortable being uncomfortable. The faster you are uncomfortable, the better you will be able to succeed and strive. Doing things that make you a little bit uncomfortable all of the time is where you're going to grow. Agreed. And for me, it would also be um, not needing validation. So, so being uncomfortable is one That's thing right. in private, but then That's you right. are being uncomfortable in public, Ooh, girl. online, and then needing that validation. You need the likes, you need the comments, <sighs> you need the, you need it. Otherwise, okay, then nothing is going to show up online again for another two days or three days because you're still getting over that. It's that, that is that, that is the hurdle. Okay. Not so needing real, talk. The validation. real talk, real talk, hand to heaven. When's the last time you left a comment on my account? Never. Yeah. Got real quiet, didn't it? Got real (laughs) quiet. Got real quiet. So here's the thing. No, 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 no. Oh, no. You have forfeited the right to have a conversation right now. Because let me give you a piece of my mind, girl. You are a paying customer of social curator. You were not lucky. You worked and filled out a long application to get into this call. And then you waited and then you prepped and then you stopped going to an event because you started this conversation off of not us recording. You say, I was at another event, but I had to come in here to do this. Right. So you left something else that you most likely I'm going to guess you probably paid for. And you come in here and you ain't getting paid for this. And have you left a single comment on my account? No. But guess what, baby? Your credit card is being charged every month. I do not create content to get accolades. I create content to get clients. I create content to get customers. Let me tell you that the vast majority of members on the inside of Social Curator have less than a thousand followers and they are making more than people who have a hundred thousand followers. Don't give me comments. Give me your credit card. Ooh, snap. I mean, I'm just, I'm on one right now because we want the validation, but the validation doesn't pay our bills. Being cool doesn't pay our bills. Feeling good about myself, listen, put it, feeling good, like getting a compliment on the internet does not put dinner on the table for my daughter. My job is not to be impressive. My job is to lead, to guide, to teach, and to run a stinking business. So my friend, the choice is now yours. As an introvert, will you get uncomfortable? The answer better be yes. As an introvert, are you going to create content that ultimately speaks to yourself because you're marketing yourself? The answer should be yes. Are you going to create when nobody is watching? Are you going to create when nobody is talking? Are you going to create when nobody is commenting? Are you going to create on the good days, on the bad days, on the dark days, on the light days, on the stormy days, on the sunny days? The answer to all of those must be yes. Because if it is not yes across the board, honey, you ain't going to be in the game a long time. That's just it. So the question is, do I want to be in the game a long time? Great. Let's reverse engineer it. It's yes across the board. That's it. 
Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Crystal, how can people find you on the World Wide Web? You can check out my website, uplevelcode.com. I am at uplevelcode on Instagram as well. And on LinkedIn, I am Crystal S. James. Beautiful. Thank you, doll. And I look forward to you leaving a comment on my account today just to prove me wrong. (laughs) I appreciate you, doll. I hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you. So my name is Sue Glenn, and I am an email strategist and educator. I work one-on-one with clients, but I also give workshops. Most of them are free. I do volunteer work, and I give workshops. Um, I have since released an email course in 2020, and I've launched a couple of times, and I'm going to launch again. I'm also a certified, and this is a you know title I have to use, a certified local expert and speaker for Constant Contact, which is a leading you know email marketing service. So what I do is I both teach people how to use their constant contact um, account. I create email uh, campaigns for people and send them out. I upload their list. I do a lot of the backend work for them. That's like my service to them as a personal coach for email marketing. So I have also recently created smaller low cost offers. So this is something new. It's not even, they're not even on my website, but they're in my uh, course platform. And um, my question is, how do I focus my social media strategy on my new digital products in a cohesive way since I'm selling a suite of them? Okay. So logistically, when you are pointing or talking to your suite, can you point to a singular page and then have somebody scroll or select what of the suite offering they want? I can. Yes. I do want to move it. Because I only talk about them one at a time. I don't talk about the whole suite at this point. So I've been promoting things um, separately. Uh, and this is apart from the course. Like I have, um, I have an, like an annual calendar with 36 marketing ideas. And I have an email welcome series roadmap. I guess, so, let's do, let me get to them. Let me get to my, my real question. Do you have a store? Mm, yeah, I do. And if I go to your store, yeah, I could see everything you offer. Yeah. How come I feel like there's a question mark? Is because it- it's not on my website. It's in the course platform. So I have to send people to the link to the to Podia, which has the suite of products. I haven't yet added that to my website. Okay. okay. No problem. But you can send them to one link and there they see all of your offerings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Beautiful. So if like the goal would be to get them to your website, because I think it's branded. I think it feels like you're getting industry authority when you're going to a domain that you own. It's neither here nor there. Have that be a big initiative for 2022, but you're not making or losing sales on the back of you having your own domain. I just think brand wise, it's a better extension of who you are as an educator. So I understand the clarity in you making a singular offer for, oh, here's my content calendar planning ideas. Here's a list building idea. Here's a course. Here's we can walk, like hire me for group coaching. I understand the clarity that you are giving for those posts so that people can identify. Now, the good thing about everything you're selling is around emails and communication. Do I understand that correctly? Yes. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So you can create content around the topic. You can create content around the pressure point that you absolve. You can create content around the pressure point you absolve and or create content around solutions. Now, all the links could go to that one page. You will say, oh, the content calendar 
And then you talk about the benefits and you could send them to that one link. Now, the beauty about that is that this is like a baked in upsell. So I could be going to your content ideas. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, she, she also has offer why or wait for an extra $200. I can get a 30 minute coaching session with her. Let me add that. So the reason I was going back is what then is your store? Because you will create isolated topics around an offer, but making sure that exit link is going to your store so that there's built-in capacity, not just for a singular transaction sale, but a multiple sale. Furthermore, Mm. if you are able to have a cart with an add-on or a bump up at cart, oh, oh, add a girl, add a girl, (laughs) Sue. So you're already built for this. Now, what I want you to do is like strip it away. You are creating content around the problem you solve, that pressure point. You are creating content around the solution. You are creating content around Sue, the authority and educator. The beauty about the similarities of all of these is you will have distinct offerings. You absolutely could be pointing to a singular spot in your store, but the link going out, as long as you don't have like 50 options, it sounds like you have just a handful so that on a scroll, I can see, oh, there's somewhere between five and eight offerings here. I know the offering that I want, but oh, look, there's this. And if I decide just to go for that one offering, I'm given an opportunity to have an upsell at checkout. If you say all of that, then girl, you set up. We're just going to hone in on topical pieces of content with rotating CTAs and offerings all going to that singular link for an opportunity for them to invest, for them to bundle, for them to get a cart bump. Right. So that's the thing. The rotating is where I'm wondering, do I do like a weekly rotation? Should I, what, how often? Well, okay. So then I would go back and and look at this analytically. There are going to be offerings that you have that just outperform the others. So if you know that they're already outperforming, that means that it's indication of demand. I would over-index on stuff that has already been performing well. Yeah, I haven't promoted all of them yet. I haven't even promoted all of them. Oh, okay. Okay. Then that's great. Then that's great. Then this is, this is a perfect opportunity. What you're going to do is simply right now, you're going to give yourself carte blanche. You are going to experiment and you're going to test and you're going to hear what people say. And then of those that are clear winners, that's when you're going to spend the most of your time and energy. We do the same thing on the inside of Social Curator. We create one to two free resources per month, and then we let the market let us know what they want. There have been very clear winners. The very clear winners, that's when we decide to put money behind those opt-ins because we know that they convert. So now what we want to do right now, you're going to put it out in the wild. You're going to see how people respond to the offer. Then for the ones that have really good conversions, you can put ads or you could talk organically about them. Then the other ones that are not performing as well, I would jump into, and I hate the word hack. I hate the word hack, but I would culture hack. Let's just say at this time of year, you have your 37 content idea planner or whatever that, that thing is. Right now, if we're you know coming into the new year, it's like 37 content ideas around the new year, around Valentine's, 37 content ideas to remind people about your business all with love, 37 content ideas to plan for your summer vacation, to ensure whatever you're doing, you're contextualizing it. I would also do this around very popular events. Like if you can have a product X, like around the Academy Awards, like here's how a boutique owner would use this, whatever their resource is to talk about the fashion that they see in the runway and draw a parallel between what's in their store. 
You're going to have to start contextualizing for markets what that offer is and then presenting it around topics. But again, Sue, all I'm saying is I'm giving you ideas to test. I'm not giving you an answer. No, I need that. The test results. Right. And I'm going, I just realized I'm going to take off. I have two opt-ins on that page. Doesn't make sense. So I'm remove that because I do promote the opt-in separately. Right. I think there's one on my Instagram account right now. So yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you. That was very helpful. I mean, here's the thing, Sue. I just, for people who are listening to the podcast is I hosted a live event uh, for members of Social Curator when I was in New York City. And whenever my husband and I, this is pre-pandemic, whenever we had the opportunity to travel and we were in a city for more than two nights, I would say, let's just meet up somewhere, buy a round of drinks for whoever's in town, but we wouldn't put it out on social. It was just for people who are part of Social Curator. Well, Sue, we met in real life when we were in New York City and you were a ray of light and everybody at that event knew about you because of how you show up in the community and what you give back and how supportive you are. And so I just want to say thank you for being an integral part of this community. Thank you for helping others more than you ever expect to get help from yourself. I believe that your business will flourish on the back of you being a credible, authentic, amazing person. And I just can't wait to see how you hone your content as you point people to your store and give them clear offerings. I just I just had to say thank you. I appreciate Thank you. That, that means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. Love you. How, how can people? <laughs> yes. Love you back. Air kiss. How, oh my God. That was so LA. I'm so Los Angeles. Somebody punched me in the face. I said, air kiss. Hold on. Mwah. That's coming. That's a real that's right. <laughs> that's coming to you. Ugh. Sue, how can people find you and your email list building and your awesomeness online? Uh, Sue V like victory Glenn. I love it. Sue V Glenn. Sue V Glenn. What and my website, diversemarketing.net. That's beautiful. Thank you, friend. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Nicole Moses. I am a photographer and I specialize in enchanted style uh, portrait photography and weddings. Beautiful. And my question is, uh, I don't have a lot of my ideal client already following me right now. So I don't have anybody that I'm, you know, that is the guy that I want to sell to, to make sales to. So I'm wondering how do I reach out to people to make that connection? Cause I can't just, you know, you can't just like cold call people mm. for something like that. You know, like they have to, I get that they have to like, know, like, and trust you. I'm kind of like, how do I find them to reach out to start that connection or really how do I reach out? Not how do I find them? <laughs> you know, before the reach out, if you currently do not have ideal clients, the goal would be to ensure that you're creating content that would resonate with your ideal client, not content we suspect would resonate with our ideal client. I went through the exact same thing as a photographer. I wanted to transition to a luxury market. And listen, I'm daughter of an immigrant, girl from the hood. I didn't, I, what I thought I knew about luxury was immediately betrayed when I tried creating content that I thought luxury clients wanted. It wasn't until I actually started following, researching, seeing, and knowing that I then began to test the content that I was creating. And I did all of it on the back end for free. So what I am asking you to do first and foremost is to create content that you believe somebody who would want an enchanted experience to do. And now enchanted is defined by your dream customer will most likely be different than what you're initially imagining it. And I'm saying this, having gone through this exact process. So I would build out a portfolio initially of what you think. And then furthermore, what you suspect somebody would invest in on the back of doing that. You would then reach out to other people once you have a portfolio that reflects that level of client knowing, assurance, 
full portfolio pieces uh-huh. that you would reach out to other people who are conduits for your dream customer. Because it's not as uh-huh. if you know, a lot of times like you're like, oh, how do I go and find like my enchanted groom that's going to book this for his bride? Like we don't know about those things, but we do know people who are connected to those things. We do know that venues, we know that coordinators, we know that designers, we know that florists, we know that cake bakers. So if I were you, I would start creating portfolio pieces with people in the local area who would be able to refer my services to my dream client. And then in transaction, create stuff for them to market for me. This is exactly what I did. I reached out to florist and I said, if you were to make me a bouquet or 10, I will, I will shoot an entire suite that you can use on social media. As long as you do this, I'll give you the entire pieces. I'll create a promotional website and a full gallery for you to use. Every single one of them said yes, because they want portfolio pieces that they could be using out on social. I reached out to every florist in the local area, every wedding calligrapher, every invite designer, every caterer. They would invite me into their kitchen. They would make three plates. I would take food, pictures of their food. I would send them back the digital photos and then I would create an eight by 10 promo card that did not have any of my own marketing, but I said um, X catering and had their photos on it. And then they would be able to give these eight by 10 prints to prospective clients. If those clients booked catering X, who are they recommending? Me. So even if we can't go out and solicit our dream customer, because we don't not really quite sure where they know like where they are in the customer journey for where your customers are, there are people who are intercepting them before you. When you become top of mind, when you give them content of their own to promote your business, you're essentially creating marketing materials for somebody else to get you in front of your dream customer. How is that feeling for you right now? That makes a lot of sense. Cool. Anything else that's coming up for you? I guess classic introvert, not good with people unless I'm behind my camera during a shoot. <laughs> then I'm great. But until then, I'm this. <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. It's all good. So talk to me. <laughs> so then how would you suggest uh, reaching out to those uh, other vendors I and stuff? That. I have good tried question. a couple times and not had success. So I know a couple ways not to do it. Um. (laughs) okay so then what you would do like first and foremost we want to like segment the market we don't we Mm -hmm. don't want you reaching out to people who probably wouldn't be able to refer you unless somebody was going to fly you there and to get to that point in your business Mm -hmm. you have to be around the block for a little bit of time so what i would do is reach out and i would make a list of at minimum 10 to 15 wedding coordinators who i would like to collaborate with 10 to 15 cake 10 to 15 calligrapher 10 to 15 invite 10 to 15 anybody who's going to intercept my client before i will what i do is i follow all of them and then i have a daily checklist that i'm leaving a comment and liking leaving a comment and liking for any stories that i see them doing behind the scenes of like fondant cake for the groom you'd say this is so beautiful i can't wait to see the finished product all you're doing is you're just saying hi you're just saying hi. You're just saying hi. And you're saying hi to all of them consistently for about four to six weeks. So much so that when you send them a direct message to say, Hey, I'm going to be in town. I would love to pass by the bakery. And if you have any cakes, I'd love to take photos of you. No expectations. I'll turn over the digital files. You could share them on social media. I'll be there on the 16th between these and these times. Does that happen to work out for you? They will know you already on the back of that. I mean, we talked about getting to know a social curator user by the name of Suvi Glenn. She was on the podcast. The only reason why I knew her and why she was so familiar is because all she did was say hi for a very long time. That's exactly what I want you to do. You're first on the high campaign for four to six dedicated weeks. Not like I sent you that one DM that one time. They need to know your face. They need to become familiar with your name so that when you come in with an offer, it's a very different, not a cold offer. Somebody who's supported their business. They're going to trust you to invite you into the bakery. You're going to transact. They're going to be familiar with your stuff. And then, then it's a done deal. Okay. Awesome. Oh. That- 
is super helpful. Thank you. Uh, Nicole, what a lot of people don't get to experiences on this podcast is that this is video. And right now you're sitting in the passenger seat of a car. Well, I'm assuming your husband took your kids out because you told me that you're on your way to a family vacation. And I yeah. just want to take a minute to say for the other fellow introvert moms who are balancing a life and motherhood and passion and a business, you are showing up in big ways. Thank you for showing your children what it takes for you to succeed. And on the days that you get no's from the bakers and the coordinators and the calligraphers and the candlestick makers, you're still going to show up and do what it takes. If not for you, then for them. I appreciate you. How can people find you on the web? Uh, you can uh, find my website at beautyfromashesphotography.com. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is at beauty underscore from underscore ashes underscore photography. And then my Facebook is just at Beauty from Ashes Photography. Good for you. Nicole, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you. Hi, Jasmine. Uh, my name is Kaylin. I'm the creator of the Clubfoot Game Plan, which is a course to help parents get through the Clubfoot treatment, um, which is in the first three months of their uh, child's life. My question is that during that time frame is a very emotionally charged time in their life. And I feel like they definitely really need my program. But there is a part of me that feels kind of guilty for charging what I feel is my worth. So um, how do I go about feeling like I'm getting paid enough for what I'm putting out there, which is a lot of content, but also not feel like I'm taking advantage of people in a very difficult situation in life? Oh, girl, you, the, the swing, the swing of how am I okay charging my worth because I know what I'm worth. And then the swing of how do I feel like I'm not taking advantage, getting paid what I'm worth. And the crazy thing is we're having conversations around sales and this has nothing to do with sales. It's an in total entire mindset. You need to accept that the market will never pay you what you're worth because you put your heart and your soul and your time and your education into what it is that you do. They will never be able to pay you what you're worth. Do you think that the market will pay you an equitable amount, an amount that you set, an amount that you're okay with? Yes, I do. So if you know that the market will pay an equitable amount for what it is that you put out there, and if you know that you are under-promising and over-delivering, you are giving them an unparalleled experience. You're putting your heart and your soul. You're showing up emotionally for families who are going through a very emotional time in their life. If you know that, and do you believe that? Then the idea that you would ever feel guilty for charging for what you've been put on this earth to do is simply the flip of a switch. You must tell yourself a different story. You must tell yourself that if you do not get paid, you will not be able to be in business. Therefore, you would be robbing families of your knowledge, your insights, and your power. If you do not get paid, you do not have business. So what you are doing is you are creating a very powerful relationship. Somebody putting value to what it is that you do, investing in what it is you do. And then in return, you give them something they desperately need. You all need each other. You just simply need to tell yourself a different story that if they do not pay you, you are not in business. And if you are not in business, you're robbing parents of the gift of your knowledge, your time, and your insight. How does that feel right now? 
that's a very good switch in the moment of selling because my I'm launching my course in January. So in that moment when people are like, why are you charging for this? Because I have been giving away content for free. How do you get in that mindset in that like the switch of a moment? Uh, I love this. Okay. Now we're getting super granular. So once we actually go from the, the work from the inside out, now we got to get into tactical things. You've given away stuff for free. Why would I pay for it? And this is, this is what I respond to every single day. There are tens of thousands of people who read what I post on social media, on my blog post at speaking events and on this podcast who will never pay for social curator. Now, of the people who do invest in Social Curator, it is my objective to clearly delineate and identify what they are getting that is different than what is on the outside. So if you have not done that right now and you're going into a launch, I need you to make a list of things that they get behind the paywall that is not on the outside. And then that becomes your benchmark. That becomes your anchor. That is what you hold on to. Because I have to tell you, at the time of this recording, I put out a piece of content on Instagram and this piece of content I am so proud of. It took us hours to create how to batch a, co- a week of content that should be sitting behind the paywall of social curator. It should be. But in order for people to trust what is behind the paywall, I must show them what I know. And then when people actually try to batch a, a week of content, they're going to need additional support. They're going to need resources. They're going to need our customer success team to guide them through. They're going to need a community to ask questions to. They're going to need the templates. They're going to need the copy. They're going to need the schedule. They're going to need the engagement tracker. So I know that I do coaching on this podcast and it is exclusive to Social Curator members. You cannot get coached if you are not a member of Social Curator. That's different from what's on the outside. I only do coaching on the inside of Social Curator. I will do Q&A where I don't have to prep, prepare for them. People want to ask my top of the opinion. But at the time of this recording, this morning, I went into the community and taught a 40-minute class on how to use social media to get people to your website. I wouldn't do that on the outside. I might have a 10-minute conversation or Q&A based on that. But what we're doing is creating the framework, giving the resources and the accountability. That's the biggest thing. That might not be for everybody, but it's what I am resting our laurels on. And as we develop Social Curator, we're going to be having features only provided to social curator users that will never on the outside be available. So those are the things I hold on to. And that's what I want you to do. Make a list of what is not shared outward facing. If they get a private group, if they get coaching, if they get extra resources, if they get a one-on-one call with you, whatever that is. And then that's what you're telling people. And that's actually great. It's great for copy during your lunch. This is why it's different. Address it straight out so that people know that you're addressing one of their objections. Very helpful. Thank you. Cool. Kaylin, how can people find you and your knowledge and your resources and help you support during your January launch? All the social media accounts are at Kaylin R. Galloway and um, my website's kaylingalloway.com. That's beautiful. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you. There you have it. If you enjoyed this episode of the Jasmine Star Show, please rate, review, and subscribe from wherever you're listening right now. We'd love to hear what you love about the show and it will help our team continue to deliver the content that you want to hear. Until next time, we'll talk to you again soon. 